0: you. sitting out, hey there.
1: This is fine. I can hear you fine. It'll be what it's going to be. Yeah, don't stress about it at all. I'm just excited to see you. How you been? i
2: good. How about you?
1: Uh, good. You know, this is uh so crazy. It's been a crazy week or two with the election stuff and yeah.
2: Isn't it crazy to think about Like we We just kind of Are still getting confirmation on states
1: Dude I don't (laughs) I don't know if I don't know what to think anymore Because you could Go down so many different rabbit holes Of They could be full of shit Too maybe the democrats are way better But I don't think so man And I'll tell you why I was on my HOA board like at the smallest levels. Government is inept and bureaucratic and insane. Yeah. So to think that they are smart enough to pull off this kind of grift, I mean, we'd have to give mad respect. I mean, some of it's coming out, you know, like the Trump donations thing where anything under $8,000 goes directly to him. Mm -hmm. So he's just like, uh, I don't know man I don't know I don't know who to believe But I'll tell you what Even if Even if Biden Is The boss They're saying he is That he's masterminded This Steal of the election And, and all this shit Even if he is You know what man Fine Because <laughs> We need to get back We need to get back To like Fine. Normal we need to get back to like being a good people again instead of the like asshole country that we it felt like we partly still are. Yeah. With with Trump speaking for me. Like he he speaks for us. So right. you don't want a, an asshole speaking for you if you're not an asshole.
2: Well, I think too that Right. So what I what bothers me about a lot of things, but especially when I talk to people who liked Donald Trump, when they started talking about some of the good things that he does, it's like, oh, well, those are things that I actually wanted. But um just the things that he says on Twitter and the things that he like masks, it, it's just it's too much negative to outweigh his positive. Like, okay, so this is one oh, thing.
1: Far too much. Yeah, it's just far it's too just, much.
2: So here's one thing that I know that his administration signed off on. In the past, if a fem- if a woman was pregnant in prison and she had the baby in prison, she still had to be handcuffed to the bed, like while giving birth. So it's like it's it seems like a small thoughtless thing. Where is she gonna go? I'm I, I gave birth. Okay, there's no running, there's no escape. Okay. <laughs> like you're not gonna go anywhere. You're in the middle of giving birth. So
1: <laughs> that seems like some old timey. Yeah. Shit right there. Right,
2: but it's like a no-brainer. It's one of the things that his administration did. And um from wow.
1: like they made up the rule or like, they like no,
2: they got rid of the rule. Like there was a rule that the female had to be handcuffed in prison while she was giving birth. Oh my god. Yeah. So they got rid of that. that was one thing we're like, oh no, like we're gonna sign this. This isn't an executive order. That's not that doesn't have to happen anymore. So there are like these little positive things that I feel like Oh, well that was very humanitarian Dude, of their administration. We don't
1: need this administration to do this. We need like a horde of law students that have a brain and realize the internet exists to just pour through all the laws and c- cross out the ones that are ridiculous. Yeah. Like that we could all just agree. Like this is, this is stupid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't need this one anymore. Yeah.
2: I'm you with know? You.
1: There's tons of them. Like, there's states where things that are illegal because nobody changed a law from like 1865, you know, like yep. you can't lash your horse to the front of of uh, a pub or some bullshit, you know, and it's just like, we don't need this one on the books. Like
2: There was one, I'm trying to remember, so um, there was one that was something like, I believe that this was in Kentucky and it was while I went to school there. So this was in the 2000s. You could not
1: Oh yeah, I forgot you went to
2: Kentucky. So you cannot carry an ice cream cone in your pocket on Sundays. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And I think they (laughs) left it on the rule books just for nostalgic purposes. But the reason why is because while people were in church, what horse thieves would do is they would carry an ice cream cone in their pocket. So that horses would follow the person with the ice cream cone and people who just happened to be like, maybe they left church early for some reason. If they saw the horse following the person, they thought, oh, well, that's that guy's horse. But it wasn't that guy's horse. The horse was just following the
1: guy. Stole it with ice yeah, cream. Yeah, with an the ice cream bitch. cone.
2: It was something like very, like you could not carry an ice cream cone in your pocket on a Sunday. Very specific.
1: I didn't know horses liked ice cream.
2: Who yeah, knew?
1: Cones. Yeah, K- cones.
2: Carry that just waffle cone. Yeah. No, wait,
1: they had cones in in a time when horses were out front of church? Yeah, I guess so. Damn. That's like finding out the pyramids.
2: (laughs) They had elevators. What?
1: Holy shit. They were advanced.
2: Yeah,
1: they were. Oh my God. I was thinking today about uh, the rack and doing shows with you at the rack, which is where I first met you. And you did, um, you were doing these voices of like, it was either your mom or your grandmother. My grandmother
2: probably my oh mom my is very, yeah. My grandmother sounds very different from my mother. My grandmother has a little accent because Spanish was her first language, but like my mom is like very, uh, not quite businesslike but she speaks very properly
1: then it must have been your grandmother oh, you just for like grandmother for sure turned into her on stage it was so <laughs> funny so and funny. we're sitting in this dumb bright pizza place <laughs> and uh oh, I was just just so fun and and i I think about now like i I loved going there, and I miss going there in the dumbest way. Yeah,
2: know? yeah, I do. I know. I. It, it's. I do. I am... Um,
1: like, the, we can't go anywhere, and it's like really bad. Like I think this surge is coming back, and it's like, God damn it, man! This is hard. Well, this is really hard
2: for like for the six week show that I had planned. I, yeah. I
1: tell me about that.
2: It Please went well.
1: Cause I know, I know that I, you know, Kim crawl said how much fun she had. And it, it was just, I so wanted to do it, but I, I was like, I can't, I, I don't think I can do it. Like yeah. my kid went back to school and I, I'm like, all right, countdown count backwards from 14 to see like every day. Now, and that's probably too paranoid, but man, I just, I don't know. I don't know about so this So we're
2: going to have to talk about both of these things. So, like, I was amazed at the comedians who said no. Like, the amount of comedians that said no, that they weren't going to come out to do stand-up just because of how much I was like itching to do it and how much I was feeling like, okay, like we can do this in a safe way. If people are sitting in tables six feet across from each other, you know, like, and like, this can be done, yeah. this can be done safely. We can do it. It's not going to be what it once was because comedy outdoors is never the, the, you know, it's never the same. It does. It doesn't carry the same, but, um, yeah. the, the venue that I had is called Tavern 101 and it's a barbecue, uh, with, excellent barbecue but their patio you actually walk downstairs to get into the patio so it feels a little yeah. bit more sunken in um so you feel
1: i think i've been yeah there. so
2: you feel like think a little bit there, more yeah. enclosed and just like wide out in an open space yeah. but uh but yeah it was a lot of fun we had a couple of light nights but for the most part it was it was fun and then we had you know one crazy night where a, a calabash Okay, this is so weird to say because I live in Calabasas. But for the most part, I think in almost every city, there are very normal people. And then there are people that go out in public and they act a fool and they're like, I'm from, and then they name their city. And then we see that Mm -hmm. person is like, oh, that's the typical person of that city. But that's actually the atypical. That's that's like the person who has to be out there in front, attention getting. So we definitely had a girl that was like, the comedian said something to her about being like an Agora soccer mom, which Uh Agora Hills is nothing to sneeze at. I'm sorry, but Agora, like, you know, like, it's like, and she got like very offended. And she was like, I'm from, or he said something like, you can go ahead and be like an Agora soccer, like soccer slut or something like that. And she was like, why are you slut shaming? And I'm not even from Agora. I'm from Calabasas. I pay for my own Mercedes. Well, I mean, it was like, Oh, oh no. my god! And she was like, but she was also.
1: <laughs> they bust on Agora Hills in uh, Entourage. Remember that? Uh, that was one of the yelling best. at somebody. To that his was wife. to his wife.
2: If you want to live? If you want to drive like, like, and live in Beverly Hills and not in Agora Hills? Like yeah. <laughs> I need to take a call <laughs> on Wednesday when it comes in at like two thirty. I don't know what it was, but it was the gist of that.
1: <laughs> Seven people got that joke that we watching yeah. it. Just like,
2: oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I I, tell you what I have probably seen two and a half total episodes of Entourage. Like I've just, okay. That and combine that with uh, the other HBO show that everybody's seen um, sucks in the city. Like I've probably Mm -hmm. seen like five episodes total of both, like, you know, seven and a half of both of those shows. But I remember that scene, (laughs) that scene was one of the ones that I saw. I just, I just felt like both of those shows were like very fantasy, you know, like loosely based in some reality, very like fantasy. <sighs> yeah. It
1: was a caricature of, of the process. It was like, but...
2: And I think what bothered me too about those shows wasn't necessarily that they, they weren't good shows because I thought that when I did catch it, like the acting and, uh, who was, it was Kevin, Kevin, uh.
1: Dylan? yes
2: kevin dylan yeah, is funny played one of my favorite like just if i saw him like to me he was the one that stole the scene and i know that adrian grenier was like the hot guy i get it he's hot like that's fine but like that was the person who i wanted to see <laughs> and like ari yeah, ari yeah. gold was fantastic yeah. um but yeah sex and city and entourage i felt like all of a sudden guys and girls started grouping their like started saying like, well, this is the, you know, this is the Vince of the group. And I'm more of the, like, they started like identifying, like I'm the Samantha and she's the Carrie. And it was like,
1: people in their twenties. It was like,
2: yeah, well, I was in college at the time. So it was like, none of us are them. Yeah. yeah. Like none of us, none of us like flipping Lamborghini is not giving any of us (laughs) a car to just drive around. Okay. (laughs) Like, stop it. Like, I don't even I just remember the car. I don't know what car he got to drive around, but.
1: They drove Maserati's. Was it the a lot.
2: Maserati? I knew there was like some yeah, I
1: feel like they always had Maserati. Like,
2: Here's your car. Like, please get but shot you know, by TMZ. You know, those,
1: <laughs> you know those people. Like, we've met those people. Like yeah. they definitely exist. It was it was an interesting caricature of of a weird time in Los Angeles before social media. Like
2: Yeah.
1: You know, like they barely had phones in Entourage. And I don't think they had phones in Sex in the City. Maybe those little Nokia. I think they did
2: like, the little yeah, you're tiny right.
1: Tiny ones, you know what I mean? But like not like phones, phones.
2: No, not like we're all sitting at a table. You can there'd be no dialogue if it was shot today. They're little brunches. Like, no, it'd be like it'd be like, <laughs> Hold be on, I need to, to tweet. I need to table. tweet. Oh my god, did you see this cute little dog on Instagram? You know? <laughs> be
1: oh, no... So right. Um Yeah.
2: Oh my god. No. So it went well, so you but, were, like, the show went... You were saying. Yeah, the show went well. I timed it, I timed it for Calabasas six woman. weeks. Oh, my God. The Calabasas yeah. chick. And the thing is, there was a girl who came with friends almost every single week. And her friends were always, oh, great. like, super sweet, super fun, just really great. And then, this, like, the one time, like, she brings probably, like, the girlfriend, like, the face. Like, the girl was definitely the face of the group. She, you know, yeah. she had, like she had the nose job. She had the eyelashes on. She had like the full makeup done on a Wednesday night, you know, that's like, it's cool. Like whatever, like do your thing. But (laughs) you know, it is Wednesday night. Like, you know, like let's not make a mistake. This is not Saturday or, you know, I don't know. Like I just have rules. Okay. Like I'll dress nice for like during the week, but I'm not like, I'm not trying to be a 10 on a Wednesday night. I don't need to, you know, it's like, who needs to, (laughs) Like,
1: especially now we've all seen each other like normal, like.
2: Well, I doubt anyone. I I can't. I doubt anyone has seen that girl normal in a long time. Like, I think that that girl is like seven a.m. cleanser. Like that girl probably does not leave unless it's a ten time, which, you know, which is good for her. But, (laughs) but it's still like, you know, it's like try less. Yeah,
1: a lot of work. Yeah,
2: just try less. It's fine. Um. (laughs) You just, so, but but this is one of the things that got me too about performing in Hollywood is that there used to be these shows that I would see like the Hollywood, not kids, but the Hollywooders come to and they would come like like Jay Davis's Monday Night Parlor show. Had some of the best Uh comedians you were going to see at the time. But there were groups that would come like dressed to the nines. Like it wasn't Monday night. Like it was like, like, and then they were very like, look at me. And they mm. were dying to have the comedians make fun of them. Like they wanted to sit in the front. So, <laughs> so part of me was always like, I would see that. Maybe them.
1: that's a thing. I never thought well, of
2: Well, I, I would kind of like, well, at that point in time, I was just starting out. So one thing that I did a lot of was just watching live comedy, studying it, sitting in the back of the yeah. comedy store, just studying all of it and, and including Jay Davis's parlor show. And I noticed the difference between audiences especially for that show versus like, let's say a a comedy store show where people from Australia were visiting and they just, you know, they want to see live comedy and you just see these people who are there for comedy. They could be doing anything else in LA, but they want to see comedy at the comedy store versus the people going to the parlor who wanted for comedy to see them and for the room to see them instead of for them to like sit back and tone it down and let someone else, you know, like, perform yeah be on I guess so so yeah I you know it's just but she was definitely one of those and just reminded me of you know of of what I didn't like in an audience (laughs) you know just like just because because we're so for the most part like we're pretty every like we're pretty regular people you know what I mean like we're not like we're not like Patty LaBelle, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not like Diana, like, like we
1: it, it, we're... It's a weird thing. Like, so, um, I'm not going to, I'm going to forget the name of the book. Uh, but like, basically, uh, it's like introvert, something about introverts, but basically like, and the pandemic is it in spades. Like this is all of it. I am definitely an introvert. I was an only child. I'm good by myself for days on end. If I needed to be, you know, like don't need to go out anywhere. My wife just made fun of me tonight. Cause she's like, do you remember how to drive? You haven't been out of the house in four days, but like, I'm fine. Um, but I can use extroversion sometimes if I need to, right? you know, and that's kind of like, it's just a skill you employ but some people need to feed on the other outside energy and can't be alone, you know? There's a whole spectrum of it, right?
2: Yeah, like...
1: So, like, when you say we're kind of normal, it means, like, when you walk into a place, you don't need to make yourself known.
2: Right. Like, I feel... You know, you're
1: scoping it out. You'll have a conversation with a person or two. You're not the center of attention, which is... I think confuses a lot of people with comics. That's true. Cause you're like, well, you want attention. It's like, no, I just want to see if the joke works. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. like I don't give a shit, you know, like, have you, al- that's my take anyway.
2: Have you also noticed that one of the worst things that a group of comics can say about another comic, like besides the person still jokes is he or she is always on. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's always on. Like it's it's like brace yeah. yourself, he's exhausting.
1: Running bits yeah, always.
2: Yeah, like like he never shuts it yeah. off. Like you're not going to have a normal conversation. There's no connect there. He's like he doesn't see you as a person to talk to. He just sees you as a potential yeah. person to laugh at his joke or her. Yeah. But um I've noticed with a few comedians that one on who people have said that about like he or she is always on like one-on-one they're normal people, but add that third person. And it's like, hmm. I've lost them. It's like, I just, yeah, like I want to go home now so that that way they can be normal with that th- person. Like, <laughs> you know, let me take away number three. So yeah. you can be the number of the second person in the room and have a normal experience because, you know, for the most part, they're decent individuals just yeah. always on.
1: I just, I, I can't, I can't look past, um, just like mental issues and sadness in, in people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you are just like, man, you don't need to try so hard, you know? And you feel bad for people that, that, cause that's gotta be exhausting. I would think, I would think it'd be exhausting. Uh-huh. I hate it. Like I can't. I would go like for work sometimes I have to go to like these, you know, conventions or whatever, where you're on all day. Like my last job, I would be on all day, like out of like a, on the convention hall, talking to people all day and then dinner with work people afterwards. And just like, oh my God. And it's so exhausting. Yeah. Like all I want is silence, you know, and I'm a musician. I love to play drums. I love loud shit, but sometimes I just need nothing, you Mm -hmm. know? And, uh, that's, uh, that's hard to come by too for, for folks. I think, you know,
2: yeah, you know, I have, um, so normally I have Benji and he's four and I love him and he's the light and I am, but the truth is like, I'm really kind of, if it's just us. I'm totally fine. And then, yeah. you know, tonight he's with his dad. So he'll be with his dad for a couple of nights, but this is my time to catch up. Like this, these are my walls. Okay. Look, Matthew, these are my, yeah, yeah. these are my walls. <laughs> it's just, yeah. So yeah. So it's just time to catch up and, uh, just prepare for another week with my son, but I have no besides stand up like, I'm not, besides stand up and going to the improv and, you know, and stopping by the comedy store mm-hmm. and being around like other comedians, yeah. like socially, I'm not, um, once in a while I'll miss brunch with my girlfriends, you know, yeah. but I have no desire to like make it a Sunday thing. Like every Sunday, yeah. Yeah. it's like, like maybe like not even, not even once a month at this point.
1: Like, I think <laughs> when we can do it without worrying about anything, it's going to be so like at least for a month, yeah. we'll really appreciate it. Yeah. When it, when we can do things like I cannot wait to go to a live concert again, like a live loud fucking rock show. Yeah. Like, I, like how did, how badly did I take that for granted in this city. You know, like every night there's a fucking badass rock show. I didn't go. I can't. I have responsibilities. I'm just saying like, I I heard this thing today. It was just so awesome. It was so beautiful. It was was the, to think about the last time you're going to do something, you almost never know you're going to, it's going to be the last time you do something.
2: Yeah.
1: But imagine when you're doing everything that it's the last time you're going to do it, even if it's not makes it so much better. Mm-hmm. so like if you knew the last live concert you were going to be at, you would be like, I got to remember this shit. Like yeah. I really am going to remember every second of it. Cause this is it. Yeah. It's just like, man, that's powerful stuff, you know? Yeah. So I think people will appreciate it. I think they'll appreciate tight, dark comedy rooms again, packed full of people instead of six feet apart and they'll appreciate live music. And
2: do you remember Eric Oligany? Yeah. I know the name. So uh, yeah. he moved off to, he moved to New York and he had been producing these outdoor park shows with Stand Up New York. And at the last Instagram that he had posted, people were just so happy. Like they were clapping. Comedians couldn't even get their jokes out. They were just so happy yeah. to see comedians out there performing. And I mean, outdoors in the park, just hundreds of people. And um, Brie Geiger, do you remember Brie? She's still around LA though. <laughs> Brie Geiger and um, I think, well, Brie Geiger and one of her friends they did something where they did stand up at Echo Park, and they brought they brought a speaker and these <laughs> lights, and uh, they had comedians go up. Like I would say, probably over sixty comics went up. And wow, um, living living out in this area, the Conejo Valley. I think we're a little sheltered or I've been a little sheltered to what's been going on for a lot of people in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Who, and, and I know that some of my friends have moved in with other friends. And I know that, you know, I mean, I, I've heard the stories of families moving with families at this point in time, because there's no way there's, mm-hmm. it's just financially too hard. Uh, try, wow. Someone needs to be home to get the kids on on a computer to keep them there to yeah. to walk them through it. So everyone's switching duties. So, um, yeah. if I think that if you're in a home and Cal- you're in a home for one thing in California right now, or just anywhere. And if you have a parent who's able to stay home and, and help the kids online, like you are in a very yeah. blessed place, but yeah. Echo park, I have never seen so many tents.
1: Yeah. I've heard it's been getting it's crazy. Like,
2: but the thing is, um, And I know that because it was like kind of like a show up and go at Mike. And even though there were some really seasoned comics there, some of the comics were newer. And when you're a newer comic, a lot of times, like you, you don't, uh, you only have so many jokes and you don't cushion the joke for the room or have any understanding or compassion. So, uh, yeah. There were quite a few who were like making homeless jokes, but not just like homeless jokes, like jokes about like the homeless guy in the back or, you know, like or like just like, oh, well, there's a homeless group over there. Not realizing like these people might've just been home, like made homeless over yeah, yeah. like this might be like very fresh and new. And so if someone yeah. actually yelled out, stop it with the homeless jokes. And people started like leaving. And I was like, you guys, you guys just don't get it. Yeah, like yeah. you have an audience right now. You have, a, you have an audience and a mic. Like, are you nuts? Like, hold back on that joke. So, but, uh, but yeah, it's been, I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, I'm kind of like in your opening when you talked about like, who knows, like the Democrats are probably just as bad. And um, I'm not politically, I, I don't politically lean in any certain way. I just kind of observe a lot of times and I vote, but I thought that it was really interesting that when, uh, when the breakdowns happened for the second stimulus check or the second stimulus package, mm-hmm. they went on break. Con- Congress went on break, but when all of a sudden the post office was going to get defunded and their votes weren't going to come in, Oh, we're coming back from break. You know, Like, hold on a second. So like, you know, dude. we, we need to make sure, right. We need to make sure that we can have our jobs and it just really Really leaves a bad taste in my mouth.
1: Oh, they're so out of touch, dude! For them to have, they're so out of touch. For them to think that it's okay, a to have sent what did they send? Six hundred dollars a person, five six months ago, and then now they're quabbling over another twelve hundred dollars per person. It's like, dude, you guys are so broken in your human spirit being. Thing like uh, that, wow, yeah. So that that is uh, it's a good thing that we can get back to like being a the the seventy four million or seventy five million people that are you know empathetic and 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 care about other people. I think uh, we need to swing swing the the hatred back a little bit. You right. Know? Um, I'm, I was blown away that there were that many people that would vote for for Trump. You know, uh, I, I, I really, it really blew me away, and I, and I thought I figured he would win. I was even like, I thought he was going to win. I'm just going to assume he's going to win. I did too. You know, I don't, I didn't want it to happen. I was just like, uh, but, but that was like me preparing myself so I wouldn't be upset. And then I was like, wow, I think, you know, I think Biden's doing pretty well, and Trump's making a fool of himself. This might actually work, but I didn't. like I thought we were looking at the fringes of the, of America amplified on social media. Mm. 70 million people is a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. If it's real, if the numbers are real, that's a lot of, that's a lot of fucking people that can look past one of the dumbest. Well, he's not dumb. No,
2: I, th- I think dumb. he is one rather of the, one smart. of the, one of the manipulatively smart.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not yeah. dumb. He like, but he has no substance. He's not dumb, but no substance comes out of his mouth. And, and I've read his book, that Woodward book that just came Mm -hmm. out. And it's worse if you read what he says than if you hear him say it, because you're like, holy shit, he can speak for an hour and say not a word. Yes.
2: Okay. So
1: it's incredible. So it's incredible.
2: Confession. I was a registered Republican the first time he ran. And it didn't mean that I always voted Republican, but I was a registered Republican. So when I watched the debates, I had Jeb Bush and John Kasich and, you know, all the Republicans. And I'll re-
1: What was that, like 12, 2012? Mm-hmm. That was
2: 2016.
1: 2016. Mm-hmm.
2: So when I was watching those debates, I was actually in Nevada with my cousin, who is also like a Republican. <laughs> so we're watching these debates pretty much to see if there is somebody on this ticket that we would like to vote for. And I was more excited about Donald Trump because I was thinking an outsider, right? I'm like, oh, like this is great. Let's have an outsider, like that sort of thing. And while we watched the debates, we were both getting very frustrated because he wasn't answering any questions. He didn't come prepared. Right. He was just attacking the other, the other the other um, candidates.
1: He has no information. Yeah. He was attacking
2: the other candidates. And I remember getting like very frustrated because I felt that he was making a mockery of our political system. He was making a mockery of our rights as Americans to vote for people. And that he was doing this for a television show. Like he was doing it purely for attention and television. And I was so upset. And my cousin, we were like both talking the same way. Um, yeah, the next day, when we saw the response of people like celebrating, we were like, did we see the same debate? Like, if you go back and you look, I just it's it, it floors me that. Um, and I can't, and here's another confession, which I know is not going to go over w- well in Hollywood, but I actually did vote for John McCain. I felt that John McCain could be could have been a good president. I'm not saying. And I think when was that? Oh, that was who McCain was 2000 Who's and run against Obama.
1: That was Obama. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And I, the reason why I didn't wow. vote for uh, president Obama was because I just felt that like, I didn't know what his track record was. I didn't know what his voting sure. record was. I just felt like, I don't, I don't know enough about him. And I feel that John McCain does a very good job of reaching apart like across party lines. And I feel that yeah. that's a very important thing when you have a two party system. All that being said, I don't understand how any Republican. I like
1: that Obama was a was a constitutional lawyer. Yeah, that's what got me. Yeah, I. I was like that. That's and smooth and like, dude, I cried when he won. Honestly, like, I, 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 I what a step forward for our country. I thought, and he, and I was like, constitutional lawyer. That's that's right up my alley because I would lean libertarian almost, like small government sometimes, you know. And it's just like follow the constitution. It's pretty right. goddamn good. Like well, let's do my that, favorite you
2: know? was a uh, Ron Paul for a while. I really, oh, yeah, I thought yeah, Ron Paul yeah. like could have hit it out of the park and I didn't understand why people like weren't supporting Ron Paul. I like just didn't get it. I felt like this guy understands it. This guy, I,
1: those guys don't get enough airtime, honestly, to really explain, explain their position well. And, and they, they get a little crazy. Like I, I, it's not. It's it's sad because I I there's a lot of it that on its face makes sense. Like you remember Brian McWilliams that did comedy Hoy with yeah. me. Yeah, he's a big libertarian. He even has a, like a libertarian podcast. Um, and I and I respect a lot of the things that they say about most things. But then they just go a little nuts. Where I'm just like, uh, you know. See, so okay. Wear a mask.
2: Yeah, totally. Well, I'm very. <laughs> Okay, and then I am just I'm like just, I'm just politically like, weird though because then I really liked Bernie Sanders. Like I like you yeah, know like very yeah. politically I voted for McCain, loved Bernie, so I'm just a little bit.
1: Do you think it changed when you had a kid?
2: Um if okay, so if we were to, to put them all against each other, if McCain were to have run against Bernie, I would have voted for Bernie. If McCain were to have run against Obama, I might have still voted for McCain Um,
1: I don't know enough about McCain
2: He's not He's not um,
1: I also am tired of the really old dudes so that was another thing (laughs) for for, for Obama Obama where I was like I was like, come on, man. Like this year, I was just like, really? Two dudes over 70, those are our choices.
2: Well, as soon as McCain like, picked fuck. Sarah Palin, I knew it was over.
1: Oh, that's right. I knew it yeah, was yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That was the thing. Yeah, that was a bad yeah, move.
2: Um, I knew it was over. Was also, nuts. there was the moment. I mean, Obama is. I, should, I forgot about
0: that crazy yeah, person.
2: President Obama is guy. one of the most charismatic presidents I have seen since Kennedy. And I know that Bill Clinton was supposed to be charismatic too, but ooh, Uh,
1: he's nothing compared. President
2: Obama is just charismatic, and he's so likable. And I have to like he's so likable that what I had to do is I had to shut that off when I was deciding on like who to vote for, because I felt like, am I going to vote for this guy because he's likable and charismatic and magnetic, or am I going to look at what I think? Like what is their voting record? What did they stand on, like all of this?
1: That's important though. Cause that's mostly their job being eloquent and good with people. True. Yeah. And if they're doing that on a national st- or a, you know, a global stage, you want them to have all those things. I think you just want them to kind of at least seem to be a genuinely good person. I think that's the biggest part that is useful. Like, and I do believe in Biden for that reason. Um, you know, I, um, I think he's kind of a stooge sometimes. Like he stole a lot of, he, he's he ripped off a lot of speeches back in the day, yeah. but like at this point, like we had to, we needed this, like we are all suffering mental illness from these last two years, at least.
2: Is, somebody said it very well. And they said it's PTSD. It has been oh, 100%. A, like, just to being being hispanic like to, to to have the president do and say the things that he has said like mexico's not sending their best mexico isn't sending shit like mexico doesn't send anything like the mexican government are you kidding like they don't send they don't send people and regarding like your wall you can't be like we need to build a wall between mexico when like more illegal immigrants fly into the united states and just here. Or
1: tunnel. Welcome. They tunnel like motherfuckers. Those drug tunnels are oh, like truck. there's probably better subways than oh, New York has right God. now.
2: I listen to uh, <laughs> 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 and they don't need to socially distance. <laughs>
1: Dude, wait till the drug wars over and we can like have the tunnels as like a park.
2: That'd be interesting. Dope. You know if for, for a lot of the blame that we place on like Mexico and the cartels, like they are making money hand over fist because of our war on drugs. hundred percent. Like that's like, if, if America drugs won in
1: this election. Oh,
2: 100%. If America took care of its citizens, if America's, you know, whether it's, it's depression, whether it's drug addiction, if we didn't villainize them and if we got treatment, if that was just a staple and then also if, drugs were not illegal where the prices can be driven so high. Then there wouldn't be as much violence in South America over them shipping and selling their drugs to Americans. It's just, it's just nuts.
1: I don't know what else they'll use when that when that chip falls away. If the it, I don't know. I don't know. It's getting it's getting stupid what we're doing on this planet. When you look at it, you know, like with Google Translate you can speak into your phone, hear their other language. We're, it's like Rosetta Stone now. We don't like, like I listened to a foreign, uh, who the hell was it? Damn. I don't remember. I listened to a speech of somebody, but it was only in the native language, which I never would have heard. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, God damn, that's really good. You know, like it, my point is we don't need as much of this bluster and bullshit when it all comes down to it. Like, it's like, what are we doing? Well, like we could logistically feed every person on the planet. And it's
2: been that way for a long time.
1: Why, why is this still happening? Right. We could logistically put plumbing everywhere. So people have running water and a toilet everywhere. We could do that. We have plenty of money. Like probably just Jeff Bezos has enough money to do it. Our military could actually do those things. hmm we could figure out, like, global inventory of how much resources we actually have instead of fucking killing each other for them. Like, we definitely need aliens <laughs> to, to, like, unite everybody. Like, it's nuts. And coronavirus, I thought, early days, man, I was like, this is it. This is the fucking alien that came. So and every human has to unite on this motherfucker. And we made it even more political.
2: That's what I thought was going to happen. I was like, okay. Yeah. So there was there was a time living out here, like in the early phases before they made masks mandatory. When they were like, okay, so this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna lock down, you know, wear a mask, don't go anywhere if you don't need to go. And like, you know, we're we're just gonna kill this yeah. thing sort of thing.
1: California did good at first. Yeah.
2: So I put Benji in his Halloween costumes because I didn't want to. I didn't know how long this was going to last. I didn't really, you know, it was kind of weird. I didn't want her to be afraid. Yeah. So uh, I would wear my mask and I'd be like, oh, look, she's a fancy doctor. She's a running doctor, you know, it was like for the people who were actually wearing masks. <laughs> but then I started to notice it was like 40% wearing masks and 60% like not even having one anywhere by. Like there was like no. And then um, even hiking Fryman, um, I, I ended up walk, hiking with a girlfriend and she was like, I didn't bring a mask. And I was like, well, it's okay. Cause I have several, like you can, like you can, but there's a sign yeah. right at the beginning, like masks must be worn. And I was like, this is the hub. Like, you're not at, like, this is not Conejo Valley where we are. This is the hub of a bunch of people being around each other, living on top of each other in apartment buildings. Yeah. Like this is the place where yeah. you should have a mask handy. Not like, Oh, like it's okay. Like, you know, I don't want to live in fear. It's like, okay, you're not going to live that long if you're just going to keep on inhaling everybody's coughs. <laughs> it's like, just go for it. Yeah,
1: dude. I, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's nuts. And we still don't have a full handle on it. Like this, this thing needs to have like a colored mist or something. So we could keep an eye on it because yeah, I think my buddy just wrote a, a piece, um, that he posted. Um, he's like a professor at Penn And, and he just posted a piece about like, Hey, we need to shut down literally for the next like four weeks so that we can actually have a Christmas holiday together. It's not going to be normal, but like if we actually just did what we were supposed to do Mm -hmm. as a group, one country, we could knock this fucker down. And I, and it's biology one Oh one, you know, like why does it keep spreading? Because you're, it can be in you for 14 days and you don't know. So do you remember where you've been for 14 days? I don't, that's why I don't go anywhere. I can tell you either Trader Joe's target or the beach. Yeah, that's it. That's all I've been to. And when I go to the beach, I'm a hundred yards from anybody. Like it's crazy. And now they're sending my kids back to school and it's just like, well, where's everybody been? Dude, you know? I... It's crazy. But I also know that this is really tough on them and they'll probably be fine even if they got it. But I don't know if I will be. That's the biggest thing is like, dude, this is fucked up.
2: Yeah, I am. Um... But
1: I think I will. I think they I, I think I think most people it's a numbers game. My buddy who's a doctor was like, listen, dude, there are so many people. There are so many people that have shit wrong with them that they don't know about. Or that's latent or won't ever affect them. And then they get COVID and it attacks that thing and exacerbates it and they get sick, but it's not everybody. And you only read the bad ones. You only see the bad ones. I'm like, I guess, and he's in the hospitals, but then other hospitals are focused on where they're like, it's listen, I just think we need to wear the mask. It's not that big a fucking deal and stay away from everybody for a couple months. There's a lot of hope with the vaccine. Uh, I actually didn't have hope with the vaccine until very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out how many patients they had in the study that Pfizer just studied, just put out. Yeah, It's a good number. It's, it's like 38,000 yeah. people in that study. So that's pretty strong. And also Pfizer came out pretty strong. Not that I, I, I do trust that they have a lot on the line and they, they are doing very diligent science to, to Mm -hmm. do this. Even if they're rushing vaccines are not as dangerous. I don't think as most people think in most cases, although this one is interesting because it's new, but it's a new way to do vaccine. It's, it's, what else are we going to do is kind of where I'm at. Like, like make sure it's fairly safe. We're going to find, there's going to be bad stuff. There's no biological free lunch. It's going to cause problems. Eventually. We don't know what, but hopefully they won't be worse than COVID.
2: I don't want to catch it until we know how to treat it better. Like I'm, I'm, I'm there. That's where I'm at. Yeah. As soon as we understand like what medicines actually work and like, if, I mean, cause there's yeah. still the debate on the ventilators, but um, yeah. Until, until that happens, I am, you know, I'm going to be as safe as I can. And, uh, you know, it's weird. So Benji's pre one. Okay. So Benji's preschool, which no longer has spots because they can only do 10 students. Um, but they open in July and they, their precautions. Holy crap. Their precautions yeah. are like, it's a lot. It's a lot. And the kids all wear face shields and, the kids uh, from one classroom go to recess to play outside during one time and then they go back in the classroom and then the, everything is sanitized before the next group of kids comes out. And um, they ended up increasing tuition by a hundred dollars a month to pay for, you know, to, to cover the costs of everything that needs to be yeah. done. But they've been open since July. They haven't had any COVID cases. The difference is, one is private and what they're doing is not what our public schools are doing. Like they're the extreme, like the idea of, of what are we calling them? Of pods or, you know, the idea of cohorts, the The cohorts like, Hey, you have a cohort of 10. That's all you're doing. But what I don't understand is that the teachers. So even if your kid is only going in the morning and a new group of kids is coming in the afternoon, yeah. There's still that X factor being the teacher. Yep. So, so you it's, can't it's tell me that your are theory-
1: all the schools back East are closing this week. It's uh, like we're going to close down again. I'm sure. I mean, listen, I feel for everybody involved. I wish you could just, I wish everybody could just say, Hey, we're taking the year off till we get a treatment. Yeah. Teachers, you still get paid students. You're all going to be behind, but behind what we, we all have the same gap year. Yeah. Tough shit. Yeah. I know that won't happen, but it's like, we're going to look back at this, at the amount of stress we pulled off, like trying to do things despite evidence that, that is just so troubling. It's just like, you guys can't get in a room together to plan this, but you're planning to put people together in a room.
2: Yeah. You think administration is, you think administration is going on campus?
1: (sighs) No. 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 It's crazy.
2: No, there's Zoom meetings. There no, everybody's from their home unless they absolutely have to go in. I mean, it's just it's a little bit much. Let's just say it's it's a little bit much and to me to put our kids at risk is just ridiculous and um and I yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of the schools reopening for for a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons is that we, our numbers as a country have not been what other countries that have successfully opened their schools have had. And yeah. even those yeah. countries though, that had lower numbers and were like reopening the schools, they're closing, France is closing back down. Like, yeah. like you can't tell me yeah. that it doesn't have to do with schools. You can't tell me that. Yeah. I mean, there's no, unless you're like Korea though, and you're contact tracing, there's no way to know it. And that's another thing that bugs me. How long have we not known the surface area thing? How many people have had COVID? We can have someone cough on a table, test the surface area after an hour. Oh, is that still COVID? Is it still contagious with COVID? Are there still COVID bacteria live on this thing? Okay, cool. One hour after COVID contact, not good. Two hours, not good. How many, like Lysol is making, and Clorox wipes are making so much money hand over fist because we can't test surface areas? Bull crap. Bullcrack. Somebody yeah. tested a surface area and there's just not enough money. Like there's just too much money to be made. Um, but,
1: well, I think yeah. if surfaces were super spreaders, we'd have way more problems. That's when I, I like stopped wiping my groceries pretty early on. I was like, if groceries were the problem, we would be in real trouble. Like, yeah.
2: No, I have alcohol spray. It's fairly spray. clear. It's- <laughs> I like spray. I yeah, spray. Yeah. I really have alcohol spray and I'm like, cool. But yeah, we're
1: nuts. We're nuts. In the
2: beginning I would come home from the grocery store and like instantly shower. Like it, it was yeah. a task to go and get food. But but now I, I just kind of feel like, you know, people are making money off of this and our government is letting them, you know, and it's really bothersome. And because they're making
1: money. I do have a hope can't. the signs will come out. You got to follow the money all the time, but yeah. I, the signs will come out. I can't wait to read the book about this in like 15, 20 years when we get the real story. Cause it's, it's crazy that, that Bob Woodward book about Trump was probably amazing. It'll be hard not amazing. to be bitter, so, but,
2: but no. So I, you know, and I,
1: a couple things, mm-hmm. a couple things. things. Uh, thank you for taking a Friday night to hang out with me.
2: You're welcome. Uh, I hope the sound is okay. Sorry.
1: It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's late. I'm, I find myself getting tired and I want to give you full attention because, <laughs> but I'm just like, man, no, it's
2: 1130 I want at night hook of this to
1: be that a, I want the hook to be that it's late at night. But I, I, that's like me before I read the book about sleeping. I'm like, I should probably sleep more. And I find, you know what I mean? Like I used to stay up later when we would go out and, and shows and all that stuff. But anyway, all that to say, I don't know what this is going to become. I don't want to have like hooks. I just want to have conversations. And it's like, if we're going to be stuck in the house for another year, I can have a lot of cool conversations. In a you year, don't think we're going to be stuck you know? in the house for another year though, do you?
2: Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yep. I bit. just saw that face. Yes, you do.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, we we really let it slide. So we'll see. Um, yeah, we, but yeah, we did. I want to know what was the thing you least expected And the, Oh, so let me set it up. Cause if I want to actually pull it off, I'll do it. As we were talking about school, the thing I hated about school, cause I, I was pretty diligent about like knowing what I was doing and being ready and being a good student. I hated surprise quizzes mm-hmm. cause I was like, you motherfucker. You surprised me with a quiz. Cause I had this teacher, um, who taught me a lot about tests once, who was basically like, we just, we just had it easy. I don't know about you in school with like multiple choice tests, you know, um, tests were kind of easy, you know, you didn't have to think you had to memorize. And we had this teacher that everybody was so psyched because he never gave us any tests. And we're like, this guy's awesome. Like what's going on? And, uh, it was theology because I went to Catholic school and and all that stuff through high school. And so we're like, this guy's awesome. And he didn't say anything about it. He just kept teaching. Mm -hmm. And one day we came in and he didn't say anything. And he just wrote, he just said, take out a piece of paper. He said, this is the only question you have to answer. Take the whole class to answer. And we're all like, huh? And the question was, I believe the question was, Something along the line, like super open-ended, like, uh, why God or something like, like something super open-ended, right? He just wanted to see if we were paying attention for the first three months of school. And he failed everybody. (gasps) Like He failed. Everybody failed. And he, he was just like, he's like, you guys, how do you think you're going to function in the real world if you can't answer a simple question? that we've been talking about for three months. Mm. Like you're used to multiple choice. It was, it was such a, I was just like, he's fucking right. Mm -hmm. Like memorizing stuff is so dumb. Like it proves nothing. You know, he was like, you can't, you had an hour to sit here and tell me the answer to this question and nobody could do it. Well, some of you made a list of one day. You remembered the years of something. He's like that. I want to know what you know. So I hated pop quizzes because I wanted to be prepared. But at the same time, it was jarring how valuable that lesson was. So pop surprise quiz for okay. you is what is the most unexpected thing about being a parent?
2: Um, my experience is is uh, common for some, but I think if you if you don't have to experience it i hope to god no parent ever you know this is one thing um so my son's father and i broke up when he was 3 and the first the first weekend that i was out without my son i felt like like a big ice cream scooper had just scooped out almost all of my torso leaving me an arm had taken my right arm, Hmm. just like almost my brain. And I would get up to try to do something. I would, I couldn't find anything on Netflix. I couldn't, I was, I was rendered just helpless. I could not do anything at all. It was just the most Hmm. awful feeling. And then to even now, and again, this is a little bit of a different experience because his father, um, works sometimes like far away. So I'll have my son for like months, you know, just like every night. And then um every time he's gone, whether it's been a two-week break or a month, I don't sleep at all for that first night. Like I just there's just no sleep. There's no, there's just this I and I every time he's gone, even now I feel like there's just this like scoop taken Hmm. out of me. So that is the most unexpected thing that i would say is just you'll always feel connected to your child Mm
0: -hmm. but
2: you don't know the strength of that connection until your child isn't there like at Mm -hmm. night like you know when you send your kid off to preschool like you feel like oh my god like you're like oh like you know it does feel a little a little wonky almost but then there's that trust like it's a good preschool you know they'll be okay and then like i mean he would cry every day and then like the first, the third day of preschool, he started crying. He was like, mommy, stop giving me away. And I was like, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but, uh, and if there's one blessing for COVID, I I will say is that I, for the first few months, I was able to teach him and the kids at school because um, I work with special needs kids, but, um, You know, and some of some of my kids are, you know, are, are more just like on different like levels of learning. But some of it like, and it ranges depending on the subject because um, I don't know if you ever can we. You have experience as well, I know, with with special yeah, needs yeah. Um, yeah. kids. So you know how on one for one subject it can be like ridiculously genius, and mm-hmm. then for another subject it's just like learning sounds still.
0: Yep. So, you yep.
2: know, so, um, I was able to teach my son in my lap while teaching some special needs kids. And so he was learning with them and like, he would ask me about them. So it was, there was just this involvement and this blessing so that he saw, yeah. he saw the kids who I taught and just like that sort of mm-hmm. like, that sort of, um, that window into my day and what I did, I think that it, it made him it made him like closer to to me and closer to my students and you know it's just that really great part of that you know just i guess the silver linings but definitely it is the yeah. the strength of the connection is the most surprising thing that like yeah
1: it's immediate and powerful it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah and I I'm the dad. So I'm one step removed.
2: Yeah. You know, but,
1: but uh, yeah, but, like, you know
2: yeah. what I, you know what I mean? Like you feel connected, but not until they're gone. You're just like, Oh my God. Like that is like my, like not your mini me. Like that is, that's like my, that's me. That's yeah. me too. That's, but now he's not here. And what do I do? Yeah. Like I'm not left handed. <laughs> like, you know, I got to learn how to use his hand because everything else is gone, but for yeah. sure that would be it.
1: For me it takes a while to settle into not having responsibility. Like there's this this aura of I got to take care of somebody all the time. All the time. Yeah. And when you don't have that responsibility, it's still there like for a while. Right. Until you can be like I don't have to do anything. Nobody needs me right now. Like that it takes a while for that to settle in and then once that settles in you get a little bit of a break and then you realize, eh, I kinda miss him. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> like I didn't need that much time. Your oldest you know? is a
2: teenager and then your youngest is ten. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, I mean, this pandemic, I mean, we've been together so much. Are you loving it? Like it's like I said, it's I'm pretty I'm pretty simple. Like I don't need to like they're bored of shit. <laughs> you know? like, are
2: you kidding my kid my kid is learning Chinese
1: like I'm like, I'm like,
2: oh, man. I'm like all right come on they hate school, uh,
1: they hate the zoom school like my son hates the zoom school thing like it's 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 bad news so you know uh there's there's ups and downs but like I don't know it's fun being around especially because I traveled so much before yeah. and and like it's the absolute opposite like I, like I said, I didn't drive in four days. <laughs> like I just don't go anywhere. It's so nice. Um, and I'm very fortunate to still be able to work. So, yeah. like, it's been really fun uh, in that regard. But, like, you I know,
2: know. I can't wait. And, you know, I should We miss
1: restaurants and things. I
2: shouldn't say, like, that I'm, you know what's weird? is like, I'm not, I do want schools to reopen because, like, I do want yeah. Our kids, like when I say our kids, I don't mean like just Benji. I mean like the kids in my class, I want for them to be able to like actually like see each other and interact and, and do all of that.
1: I want them to but, get back to normal. Right.
2: But the way,
1: Not just in the building. Right.
2: Like right now it's like, you know, it's like,
1: If this was a waste of It's just of time. everybody's
2: separate. There's a map. It's just, it's so different. And then.
1: It's riskier. Right. For not the same experience.
2: Right. And, and I just think that, okay. If, if the governments were to actually do what they were supposed to be doing. And if we do want the kids to go back to school, I'm going to agree with one of my neighbors in this is that instead of this like half day crappy thing. Okay. Like kids come to school Monday and Tuesday, this group of kids Monday and Tuesday and they have a teacher. And then there's another teacher for Tuesday or for Thursday. And then there's another teacher for Friday so that your little cohorts that you're preaching that you have, they are actually cohorts. And if there is, mm. if one of the kids does catch it and it's contagious, then you really are dealing with a cohort of 10 or 14, not a cohort yeah, of like None of 30. those kids'
1: parents, none of those kids' parents are being traced. The teachers aren't right. being traced. Like it's an exponential growth problem that is yeah. not no, solved I I in, in groups. So why California didn't take advantage of being outside all the time? I don't know.
2: What, um, what I think is interesting is that, and what I raised with the school district that I worked for is that if I want to get a job, just one day job in Hollywood, I have to be tested at least 72 hours prior. And a lot of times they test you the morning of, and I've actually had the job where you go in, you take the COVID test, you wait in a hotel. And then if you pass, you go to set. And if you don't pass, you go home and you're quarantined for two weeks. Like that's how seriously they're taking it. And I guess like that is also why I like feel very strongly that if they're taking it that seriously for a bunch of adults, like we should be taking it this seriously for a bunch of kids. And that's just, and I know I'm like getting like very preachy here. And I know that a lot of people need their kids to go back to school. And I understand that, but I just don't understand you know, the level of from Benji school <laughs> to Hollywood to, you know, to public school is just like, ah, well, you know, this is what's required. We're going to do what's required. And here's the over and beyond of this that we're doing. And like, we feel good about this. And it's like,
1: ah. Yeah. Well, oh. we'll <laughs> you know? most people get through it.
2: Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll see. Crazy times, man. Crazy yeah, times. I
2: know. But thank you for having me on. That's
1: yeah, man. Like I said, it's uh, it'll be what it's going to be. Wait a minute.
2: Now I want to know, though. I want to know your question to you. What is the most unexpected mm. thing for parenting for you?
1: I think the hardest part is um, realizing realizing that they become what they're going to become regardless of what you do. Oh, some, in some ways, you know, like like they get their own personality. You can't, you can't make them see it your way. You can't like, all you can do is talk to them. All you can do is, is have their ear and their trust, but like, it's going to be really hard to let them fuck up but you know, they have to, you know, like, you know, they have, they're going to have to learn the lesson themselves. You know, it's just like, damn, man, I could help you with this one. You don't have to learn the lesson, but okay. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, like I'll have that conversation with my daughter. I'll be like, do you want me to tell you or do you want to make the decision? She's like, I want to do it. I'm like, all right. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I,
2: yeah, I, I don't, uh,
1: and I don't want to be right. Like I'd want her to challenge it and be like you were totally what were you worried about? And be like, Yeah, yeah. Well that's what happened to me. So
2: My child loves the nightmare before Christmas. Okay. And like I'm like a like not like delicate, but I like I don't know, like I like symphonies and I like you know, I mean I I, I, I like okay uh I did like Nirvana, okay, I did, but that was probably <laughs> as hard as it got. I guess his father showed him the Marilyn Manson's night before Christmas. Okay. My son will now like rock out like, like I'm not, I'm like, just like, do all of the, all of the voices, and then he came, and then after like asking for Marlon Manson, not even Marilyn, he calls him Marlon Manson because he's four. He's like, "Mom, can you play the corn song?" I'm like, "The corn? What are you talking about?" He's like, "Corn. Nightmare Before Christmas corn." I'm like, "Are you saying corn? Because I know who corn is
1: with a K with a K
2: and he
1: with the backwards yeah K? with backwards.
2: So I type it in. I've never. <laughs> all of a sudden like i'm like oh my god like and he's like can you play tiger army and i'm like jeez louise you're four like i just i
1: time for headphones yeah
2: i'm like (laughs) i mean wasn't ready but yes every day for his like reward bonus he gets marlon manson's nightmare for christmas revisited there's a playlist we have and he gets to like jam out
1: you never know what they're going to like. Yeah, man.
2: like I I did not That's see nutty. that one coming. Did not <laughs> think that that would be the magnet for him. Hard rock. <laughs> not even like classic rock. Classic rock would have understood. He is like head banging material. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh man, it's so good to see you. you and so good to hang out with Thanks you. Thanks for having me. Um, let's see, uh, you know can always do it again. I, I, I'm literally like, I'm going to have conversations with people that are my friends. That's great. And if anybody wants to listen, I really don't give a rat's ass, but like I really think podcasts are quite a, a great tool for conversation and make comics better comics.
2: Yeah. I can say that.
1: Cause you're talking to comics and exploring ideas. Not mm-hmm. that I can only talk to comics, but like just getting your ideas out. And oh. we lost that window
2: in my experience um, comics have been fantastic podcast guests but for the most part just somebody who is willing to be open because comedians we're like we're just we're open books that's just you know we we laugh about all of our pain which is why we're comedians but then like if you have someone who's just willing to be open and just talk that that's an excellent podcast guest anyone who is Self-conscious about how they might appear It will definitely Show in the podcast
1: Yeah, yeah, 100% but Well, I had a lot of fun Talking to you, you got pretty dark sometimes but, Yeah, yeah.
2: Ugh, I know Life's I think crazy. a lot of people are going to hate me after this <laughs> I might be blacklisted in Hollywood I'm sorry I didn't vote for President Obama <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I didn't know it was going to matter want- to
2: my career <laughs>
1: Well, voting in California, he was winning here anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have anything to plug or talk about? Are you going to do uh, another run of shows maybe? Uh,
2: I might be able to continue a monthly run, uh, you know, COVID, COVID permitting. So we'll see. But uh, follow me on at Melanie B Comedy on Instagram, where you will see all of my show posters, as well as my funny friends' faces on the show posters. And uh, yeah, there's that and you know we'll see we'll see how it goes but for right now i think i'm just gonna be doing a lot of writing and then once we get the green light yeah let's get some live comedy back
1: (laughs) excellent melanie baldonado everybody
0: thank you Matt neil (laughs) yes i've got you under my skin i've tried so I said to myself, this affair ain't never going to go too well. But why should I try to resist when, baby, I know too well that I've got you under my skin? I'd sacrifice anything come what might. For the sake of having you near, in spite of a warning voice that rings in the night, repeats and repeats. begin